Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, Basement Binge listeners. Super quick at the beginning of this episode, before you get into it, Future Harrison here. Quick introduction. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode and had one uploaded that isn't a Mandalorian episode. I'm loving the Mandalorian episodes. They've been a ton of fun. And luckily, they've allowed content to continually be released because of how busy I've been. I don't want to just bore you with the details of my life, but quick insight. I work for a Medicare broker company. So I work in Medicare. The busiest time of year for Medicare just happened, annual enrollment period. It just ended on December 7th. So the last few weeks have been crazy, working more hours in a week than I thought was humanly possible. But I did it. I survived. It's over. The 7th has come and passed, and we are back to a normal work schedule, which means so much more time can be devoted to the podcast. So this is one of those things that I finally have time to devote to, and that's editing and uploading this episode. It's one that I recorded with Matt months ago, in the beginning, not months ago, about a month ago, in the beginning of November. And I planned on releasing it around Thanksgiving. Well, that's now passed, and I'm planning on releasing it. It's closer to Christmas now. You guys are listening to it. It's like the 9th, I think. It's today the 9th. Yeah, it's the 9th today. (laughs) Wow, time. Okay, anyway, Valerian, it's a super fun episode. I'm excited for you guys to listen to that. I just want to let you know that The main episodes are coming back, and if you hear me talk about Thanksgiving time, it's because that was the plan, and it was recorded a month ago at the beginning of November, and plans changed because of how busy it was, but I'm back. I also want to let you know that those of you who took the survey, I'm listening. I have plans to incorporate it. Don't think that I forgot you. Thank you for all being here, and thank you for those of you who've stayed with the show and found the show because of Mandalorian. That's been a ton of fun. Of course, that's still going to happen as the series continues. And Matt and I, with his friend Rob, together on his podcast for the season finale of The Mandalorian, we're going to be recording an episode together, and that's going to be a ton of fun. Anyway, that's a quick five-minute little introduction to what's going on. It's going to happen. Hopefully, it's a lot shorter than five minutes. But yeah, the, and also, the ranking of my entire Blu-ray correction, which was a celebration of reaching 50 episodes, is coming, but it was delayed because of what you're going to hear at the end of this episode. I want to do something special with the list. I didn't just want to read a list off for 30 minutes and tell you how I personally care about my movies. I want to do something fun. I wanted to experiment a little bit with what used to be a huge part of the Basement Binge, and that was ranking movies, and that was comparing them and, and, and having a little competitive spirit through the list. I miss that. It's a lot harder with just one individual, and... Matt gave me an idea about how I can do that. So at the end of the episode, you're going to hear it. I won't spoil anything, but it's coming. That project is now getting closer to what might be the 60th episode instead of the 50th because his idea has extended the amount of time it's taking to do this because I want to do it right. I don't just want to slap a list out there and kind of do it halfway. I want it to be exciting for you guys to listen to. I want it to be exciting for me to listen to. And I also just want to experiment to see if ranking is something that's going to continue to be a part of the Basement Binge. Anyway, this is a way too long of a sidetrack introduction. Here's the episode, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets with Matt Goes to Movies. It was a super fun episode. And 
Matt, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for doing it. I'm sorry it was so delayed. I didn't forget about you. I was just so busy. You know that. He's a great friend. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Thanks for your patience, Guy. This is all from Future Harrison. On to the episode. Welcome everybody back to the Basement Binge. My name is Harrison here. Another episode, uh, pretty interesting one. One that has been in the works for far too long. Um, it's on the movie Valorant or Valor. Oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up the name. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And it's me and I've also got a friend here, Matt. Matt, take some time. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey everybody. Well, uh, you know, first and foremost, Harrison, thank you. Uh, like you said, a little bit, uh, a long time in the making here to get this episode together. But um, I run the podcast, Matt Goes to the Movies, uh, which was really in its first form inspired by The Basement Binge. Um, we've done a episode of Bumblebee together and we did Prometheus. And I really got into doing this um, once I started listening to The Basement Binge. So, um, I, you know, I always have to give credit to these guys and Harrison, since he's taken it over as a solo act. But, you know, what I do on my podcast is pretty much what Harrison does talk about movies. Um, I get really excited when we get to you know, do these episodes together because it's always fun to get somebody else's opinion and go back and forth. So, uh, my show will be in the notes and everything. Harrison's going to be nice enough to put some links in there for me, but I'm, I'm just excited to get started with this episode. So that that's me, everybody. Yeah, Matt from Matt goes to the movie. He's been like he he already mentioned this, but he was on uh, an episode previously, Bumblebee, which was a f- super fun episode. Uh, which actually, kind of believe it or not, was kind of the beginning of the show moving into just me being a part of it. And then I was over on his show, Matt goes to the movies. We did an episode on Prometheus where he introduced me to the Alien franchise, which was actually a lot of fun. I love that episode. I actually I don't I hardly ever listen to an episode you know, on my own or one that I'm involved in after it's been recorded. But I had such a fun time on the Prometheus episode that I actually went and re-listened to it. So kind of felt a little bit self-indulgent, but it was just so fun. I had a great time. I want to enjoy it again. Um, So yeah, you can get that. Of course, all the links are in the show notes or just search wherever you get your podcast for Matt Goes to the Movies. Um, Yeah, he's a great show. And he was... So super quick story. So I, when The Mandalorian started to come out, I planned on, since I knew it was coming out, to do a weekly episode, a mini episode on The Mandalorian every week. I planned on that. And then the first episode came out and I didn't even get, to, like, I was just so busy with work. This is the busiest time of the year that I didn't get a chance to even watch the episode of The Mandalorian until like Monday or Tuesday or maybe even Wednesday. And the episode comes out on Friday and I was like, oh. I miss a boat. I'm way too late. Like I can't do the episodes on the Mandalorian for the podcast anymore. Like I totally just threw in the towel, which is dumb, but I was like, I'm too late. Like no one's going to listen to it. I'm, I'm a few days late. No one's going to care anymore. <laughs> and then I listened to your podcast on it. And I, I don't remember if it was like on the Friday or oh, it came out on Monday because you call Mandalorian Mondays. Anyway, so I listened to it and I was like, you know what? I should do this. This is a lot of fun. And like I had so much fun listening to your podcast about the Mandalorian that it kind of like lit the fire under me to do it anyway. Um, which has been a ton of fun. I've been enjoying those episodes. So yeah, if if you're a fan of The Mandalorian, like Matt and I are, you should definitely check out his shows on that. Um, 
anyway, let's get into the episode here. Again, I appreciate you being here, Matt. This has been a long time coming. I think we planned this like right after um, Bumblebee or, or maybe recently after. And then I've just continually been putting it off on you. I'm so sorry. But uh, oh my gosh, I'm so scatterbrained. And on to the first segment, which is two cents. So this is two minutes. This is all spoiler free. If you have not seen the film, you don't want spoilers coming. I'll let you know when the spoilers will be happening so you can pause. But this is spoiler free, two cents. So two minutes of uninterrupted time to just kind of give like a knee jerk reaction to the film and what we thought about it. So um, Matt, actually, if you wouldn't mind, I'll give you the honors of going first. Yeah, so this was a movie that I was super excited about. Um, I never read the book, which it's based on, but seeing the trailer got me really, really hyped for this movie. I thought it was very well put together. And then the movie came out, and it's a mixed bag for me. Um, obviously, this is a spoiler-free part. So it is a incredible concept with flawed execution. Um, great visuals, some great scores inside the movie, which really add to some of the scenes really well filmed too. I mean, um, in terms of cinematography, it's filmed very, very nicely. Um, beautiful color palettes, everything like that. Just some of the performances don't really hit for me, especially some of the main characters, um, they just don't work on screen, whether or not it's, you know, how they act or how you're supposed to feel about them really not hitting for me. Um, so it, this movie's definitely a mixed bag for me. And that might be a little bit quick, but I feel to really get my point across. I don't want to go any further with my two cents because it would be hard not to get into spoilers. So that's where I'm going to end my little section about how i feel about this movie okay all right I, I appreciate that i appreciate you keeping it spoiler free um so i'll go ahead and jump into my two cents here as well uh this has been an interesting movie to watch you know to do it like a quick comparison uh similar to kind of how matt did but also to keep it spoiler free it's very much kind of has the feeling of you know it's a space opera it's a sci-fi that's even why i had any interest in it but it's it's kind of like the non-marvel guardians of the galaxy but without all the charm that Guardians of the Galaxy had. Um, and that kind of goes with what Matt said. There's, there's parts of it that I think are excellent. The color palette's great. It's a lot of fun. The action's well shot and well paced. Um, the world is super interesting. The directing is really talented. The cinematography is great. The, the, it's, it's got a wonderful combination of practical and visual effects that really excel. Like Kind of all the components that you would think make up a great space opera sci-fi are there and then it where it kind of loses the charm i'm not going to say it totally fails um but it loses a lot of the charm not all of it but a lot of it is in those performances and how it makes the characters um something that you're invested in which so I, I'm. It's a very mixed bag. There's parts of me that wants to be so excited about this because it's a space opera. There's aliens and different planets and and cool technology and beautiful ship battles and well paced action and really interesting and intriguing lore and and kind of cool dynamics that these characters exist in. And the visuals are great and like a wonderful combination of practical and visual effects. You know, the cinematography is actually 
kind of great. The, the color palette's fun, and there's parts of it that are a lot of fun, but then it gets into those moments where it kind of drags, and it's like, oh, like I'm having a hard time loving it right now. And and then other times, I'm like, this is great. And then I and then I remember that other moment because something brings it back. And it, you know, it's very interesting. I didn't even look at the clock. I'm probably over two minutes, so I'll end it there. But it's a lot of fun. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting. So those are that's the two cents. Uh, kind of really kind of give it a hint of how the whole show is going to go, um, which I'm intrigued to see. I don't know why I picked this movie uh, for us <laughs> together. It's kind of an interesting topic. Uh, it's yeah. not, but, but whatever. We're going with it. On to the next segment, which is pick your poison. So that's the rating scale here at the basement bench. So instead of five stars or percentages like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, I created this scale where after seeing the film, what would you, what, what's your reaction as far as your investment in it? Whether it's to never watch it again, which is self-explanatory. A step above that, and a, a rating above that, if you will, is to stream it. If it's on a streaming service you're already paying for, you're mindlessly scrolling, looking for something to watch, and it's there, you'd click on it, kind of just like fill that void of entertainment. Um, above that is to rent, um, you know, pay a few bucks when you're in the mood to watch it, and a, a top of the list is to buy. Spend full price on it to, you know, have it as much as you want, lend it to people, watch it as many times. That's that's the rating scale. So never watch again, stream, rent, buy. And I will go first because Matt went first with the two cents. Uh, I own this movie. The The reason, well, I'll kind of get that into to live up, but it was on a sale. It was for like under $5. The Blu-ray with the digital code was on sale for Amazon. And I'd been interested in seeing the movie. And I was like, well, this is about as expensive it is to rent. I'm a big fan of Blu-rays, just collecting them in general. I love bonus features. I was like, what? I, I, I like the format of Blu-rays. I wanted to see the film. I was like, whatever. It's the same price as renting it, and I get a Blu-ray, and I can add it to the number of my collection, whatever. I'll just buy it. Um, but that being said, what is the actual rating I would give it? And it falls somewhere between a stream and a rent. Um, I would not... Like, if I was genuinely looking for something to watch and there was a void of entertainment and I, and I was lo- searching for something that I didn't want to pay for and this was on a streaming service, I would definitely click play on it again because I did enjoy it. And if that void was there, this would do a good job of filling it. Um, but it, in the, the right setting with people, I'd be interested in watching it again. I'd rent it. Um, and, and I think maybe a few years from now, I might personally want to rent it again but i mean i own it so i won't have to but as far as the rating goes it falls somewhere in there uh there's parts of me that wants to watch it again um parts of me that doesn't so somewhere in between stream and rent somewhere in there so yeah matt uh yeah so here's the funny thing is i actually own this movie as well even though there are some parts that absolutely drive me nuts about this movie but much like (laughs) Much like you, I own this movie because I found it as a deal in 4K. Oh, wow. Even better. The the Blu-ray and the digital HD copy for $9.99. That's Um, a steal. Yeah. So much like you, though, I, I, I call it a sickness because I like to collect certain (laughs) things. And even if I don't really like the movie, um, Sometimes there's something about the cover of the movie or just whatever it is. I, especially when it's on a deal, I just have to own it. 
Um, so I do own this movie, just like you said, um, because of a deal that I was, you know, lucky to, to get because it is a steal on 4K for, you know, just under $10. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't own it, this would be a stream for me. Um, you know, I would not say like Amazon Prime, YouTube, other all these other, you know, services. You can rent it for like $2.99. Um, and it's it's funny because I bought it for ten dollars, but I feel like two ninety nine is too much to rent it for. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would stream this if it's a free service. Um, like we said in the spoiler free part, it's man, there's some great stuff here, and it almost makes the movie even that much more frustrating for me because there are some there's some parts that you go wow i'd love to see an expansion of this universe um so yeah i i would say this is a a stream if you do not own the movie yeah i'm agree with you there so that is the end of the spoiler wall um we got some other great segments coming live up which is a rare segment here on the show and i always forget about it forget to include and it frustrates me but anyway <laughs> that's coming binge points <laughs> least and likes fallen all those things that you're familiar with here at the basement binge but spoilers are coming this is the end of the spoiler wall so if you have not seen this film and you're worried about spoilers pause the show go rent it if you can get it for a deal under two bucks or free <laughs> uh <laughs> Or if it's a space opera with great visuals or something you're into, it's going to fit that boot so well. So if that's something you're into, go watch it, come back, listen to the rest of the show. If you don't really care, you know, spoilers aren't a huge deal, honestly, with this film. It's not going to, like, ruin anything. Um, so, yeah, on to the next segment, which is Live Up. So previous to this morning, right before recording this podcast, I've never seen this film. Never before. Um, even when I bought it. I trying to remember why i bought it because it was so long ago but i think it was on like some article somewhere i was reading you know your google's feed how it's always like feeding you those clickbait articles and it was like sci-fi movies with great visual effects or like great practical effects or something like something it had to do with sci-fi movies which i'm extremely interested in combined with really great visuals, whether practically or digitally. And it was on the list. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool and kind of piqued my interest. So then it was just kind of floating around in my mind as a movie that I would like to watch someday. Um, and then me being a Blu-ray, Blu-ray collector, I was just browsing for deals. And I saw, I mean, this film's normally on sale, the Blu-ray for like $5.99. But it was on sale for like $3.99 for the Blu-ray. I was like, that's a deal. I've been wanting to watch it. It's a rental price. I'll just get it. Um, and so I did. Anyway, so my expectations going into it to get into what Live Up is, I didn't even explain the segment. It's an ex, like what my expectations were before the film and if it lived up to it. I also would like Matt to kind of do the same, even though he's seen it before. Um, but, and maybe you can kind of explain why you bought it if you're not a fan of it. Uh, but anyway, so my expectations, I wasn't sure. I knew. Uh, the cover did look cool. And yet knowing absolutely nothing except for it was a sci-fi space opera with cool visuals, the cover kind of sold me of the Blu-ray. Um, but I knew nothing else. And then reading reviews as I was kind of researching it, I saw that there were people who said like, oh, I really love it. You know, even with all its flaws, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of in my camp of what I like. Other people saying like, it's a lot of wasted potential stuffed in there where it just kind of falls in the areas where it really needs to succeed. Um, and kind of those backseat things are where it really excels. Uh, 
so I didn't really know what I thought. I thought, you know, this is either going to be a film. Is one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be a film where it's the middle of the road. There's things that I really like about it, like totally, absolutely love, but other things that are kind of frustrating. So it brings it down quite a bit, which turns out is what happened. Or the other thing that I expected is this is going to be a film that I adore and defend relentlessly, similar to Tron Legacy, because of how much fun the visuals are and everything else and how I'm still able to invest in it despite the flaws. Well, in this case, the flaws were a little bit too much. Um, Now, to kind of explain why, the big story is between Valerian and, I don't even remember her name, the female character. Uh, Uh, I just watched it like 30 minutes ago. What the heck is her name? Uh, Wow, that shows you how like how Lauren Yeah. There's my point. They are like space cops, okay? The, if you don't know this film at all, the the International Space Station attracted aliens and it became a city of a thousand planets all across the universe. And technology and information was shared. And these this couple, they're not a couple, but the, these two cops, if you will, these space cops kind of have a mission serving this... Uh, you know, the city of a thousand planets alpha and they have a relationship because they're partners. And there's a little bit of a romantic relationship there where the female, she's really interested in like a long lasting relationship where the guy Larian, he's kind of a player and kind of the way that those two things oppose. Um, so where it fails is in that emotion, in that romance. There's one moment at the end of the film where she's kind of expressing what love is and how he's kind of unable to give it because he doesn't understand it. And it's kind of at the climax of the film and helps everything be resolved. And that moment was actually quite good. Uh, but everything else, the romance was just flatter than a pancake. Like the movie <laughs> starts with their relationship, like flirting and wrestling each other on like a fake beach. And I was just annoyed. Like I was so cringy and then they walk out and he's like you're he's like you're attracted to me Ad- admit it it's obvious and she's like it's obvious and he's like well look around you're not going to get better than me on the market and it's like what the he- who talks like that it was just so bad i just immediately had a horrible problem with their relationship and i was like i don't care what happens if they end up together i'm annoyed because of how high schooly stupid this inter in like the intro to the relationship was um and the actors don't do a great job they they do a good job of kind of like expressing like the 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 free spirited or or like energetic fun that these characters have but they don't do a good job showing share oh my gosh i'm tripping over my words they don't do a good job selling the relationship um and that's kind of crucial to the film and that's where it struggles so um did it live up to my expectations? Kind of. Exactly what happened. Exactly what I was expecting happened. There's parts of it that I love, especially the visuals, the the world, the the practical and visual effects. And there's parts of it that I really hate, which is the biggest part, the relationship. It drives me nuts. Uh, but I also, I want to love it, but I just can't. Uh, that was a long, <laughs> that was a long rant. Matt, I'll let you kind of take over and, and express your expectations and why you own it if you don't like it. <laughs> Yes. So, um, you know, based on the trailer, I had very high hopes for this movie. Huge, huge hopes. And um, for listeners who don't know, uh, this movie is actually done by Luke Besson, who has done 
The Fifth Element. He's done The Professional and he's done Lucy. So based on The Fifth Element and The Professional, uh, I'm hit or miss on Lucy. I was super excited because I really, really enjoyed those two movies. So I thought he would be perfect, especially after The Fifth Element, to bring this to the screen. Um, So it certainly did not live up to expectations for me. Maybe I had them a little bit too high. But the reason I own this movie is because, honestly, I just like to collect things. I mean... If it's cheap and I've seen it, I will own it. Like I own Jupiter Ascending, and I would just as soon crack that movie in half and watch <laughs> it again. Um, but I own it because I've seen it, and it was again. It was I was in Best Buy, five bucks sitting there, and I was like, you know, this movie is so bad, but it's one of those. Maybe I'll just pop it in again because. I can't believe the people that are involved with the movie actually like did like, I don't know when you were doing a table reading for it, <laughs> like I would have been like, eh, I, th- I think I want to get out of this, but <laughs> th- it's kind of the same thing with this movie where there's so much potential, but like you said, you know, you have the two main characters and you have Valerian and your introduction to this guy Like, this is somebody who you're supposed to root for, and he's, I don't know. An idiot? Yeah. (laughs) He's a a freaking idiot. Um, There's no reason why you would ever think that this girl, who is pretty strong-willed in this movie, um, for the most part, no nonsense, has a real commitment to the job, not that he doesn't either, but... There's no reason why this person should fall for him in any way, shape or form. Right. He has he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever, like none. And that's your introduction to him. He comes across as somebody who you're like, almost like you said, can he be out of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's weird. And it, it might just be the actor who plays him because the same guy who plays Valerian played Harry Osborn uh, for people who don't know in the amazing Spider-Man two. And uh, he did. Dan, yes. Um, no way. Same, yeah. This is the same guy. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Dane <laughs> Dehan. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. So I apologize no if I'm butchering his name, but yeah, this is the same kid. And I did not like him in that movie either. So maybe it's him as an actor that just completely does nothing for me. Um, but when you have a movie like this and you're supposed to root for your two characters because they're supposed to be the good guys, it's very hard to start a movie with a scene that is, like you said, super cringeworthy. It, it's, oh, yeah. it, it's not a good start to have that be the start of your movie. Um, And then there's just things from there that get even like they get even worse um, in terms of cringe. So to me, no, this movie did not live up to expectations. And 
I don't know. One thing that I feel about this, and I, I don't know if you caught on to this or maybe you didn't feel this way at all. It seems like there is definitely parts of this movie to me that were cut because there's certain character shifts, especially for the main character, that to me really come out of nowhere. Um, and it feels like there was some some missing, you know, either scenes yeah. or whatever in, in this movie where it just it, it shifted very abruptly for me in certain spots. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I uh, like I said, I hadn't seen the film before and I was doing some research last night. I watched the trailer. Uh, if you haven't seen this film and you want to be excited about it, go and watch trailer number three to be specific. Cause I watched all three of them specifically trailer number three. I was like, this is one of the best trailers I've seen ever. It's phenomenal. I was so excited. Like I said, I thought that I was going to fall in one of two camps. One of them was going to be, there's parts of it that are great. There's parts of it that are horrible. I'm not quite sure. The other camp was this thing is amazing. You guys just don't get it. And I watched the trailer and I thought, I'm going to fall in the camp that this is amazing. Like, I'm going to love this because of the trailer. And then the movie starts and the dude totally screws it up. Like, this girl is, (laughs) she's attractive. She's strong-willed. She's a great female lead. She's smart. Like, Like, there's a lot of potential for her, not just in, like, the sense of, like, an actor or anything, but, like, just as a woman existing in the universe, like she has a lot of potential for the person she chooses as a partner. And she's with this schmuck who can't even get it. Like, I don't know. It just really turned me off from the relationship. I felt like Kara who plays the, the female lead Loreline, there were parts of her acting that was phenomenal. There's parts of like her character and kind of like her, her strong will, which I loved, but there are other parts of like the emotion and the romance that drove me nuts. I was like, you just, like why did why do you why are you interested in him? Which I guess maybe that's a character I don't know. But the but Valerian, he was hard. Like you said, he was hard to root for because he was just an idiot, especially when it comes to romance. Like, and and even kind of like, you know, you can root for a character if they've got like this swagger and this confidence that they've got to overcome. But like, he just had like stupidity. Like it wasn't a swagger that like you're kind of like. You know, oh, that guy's like a little too full of himself. It's just like, is this guy an idiot? It's it's an interesting balance that clearly I don't know much about either one. Uh, but like I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was great. I'm rambling about the same thing that you just said because uh, it just really disappointed me. I really want to love this film, um, and I agree with you. I think I mean this is a long movie, two hours fifteen minutes. I mean that's not super long, but longer and i agree with you that i think there were parts that were cut because very quickly valerian goes from like not understanding a relationship and Loreline at all to like really getting her like instantly um i just thought it was kind of abrupt um but yeah the trailer is great trailer number three is phenomenal great trailer um but yeah it kind of fails so (laughs) can i can i just uh i want to add one thing um and I was just I was thinking about this and I didn't bring it up in any other point. But for any reason, if you can and you want to check this movie out. Because I, I forgot to mention this, that I did as well. If you can see this movie in 3D, it does add to it. Um, this oh, movie to me is as much as there are things that I don't like about this movie behind only Avatar this movie is a benchmark of what 3D 
when it was trying to come back into cinemas could do. Um, it is absolutely phenomenal seeing this movie in 3D, um, but seeing it in regular, you know, 2D version, the movie's still just visually appealing. But that's probably one of the reasons why I would watch this again is to watch it in 3D. It is mind blowing to see and it literally is it's a step behind avatar in what 3d yeah. truly can represent for film oh that's that's neat i wish i could have seen it in 3d but i'll also just add here as just as far as like a good space opera goes i'm so sad that i'm so bothered by valerian the the character because there's a lot of potential in here specifically towards the end where it's showing this space battle that happens over the planet it's not Pearl. It's like Mogul or something like that. Whatever. The planet with the pearls on it. The big space battle. That looked awesome. I was like, man, this is what I've been waiting for this whole movie. Like, just really great, fun space opera stuff. You know? Like, just really soaking up the potential of the genre that I am that I love. Um, and then it gets back to the relationship. I was like, oh, brother. You know? Th- there were moments... I'm going to just repeat myself over and over and over again because... I was just so bothered, particularly that scene where um, Loreline goes to rescue Valerian and he like doesn't even say thank you. Like it just (laughs) it bothered me so I was like, no one is that stupid. Like I get it. He's got to figure out how to love her and like how to commit. And I understand that that's the progression of their the relationship they're on. That's fine. If that's the story you want to tell. But don't be stupid. Like don't turn him into a fifth grader. Right. Like, I don't know. It, that response, I was like, are you serious? That was that was the plan that he was. I don't know. It really bothered me. Um, because if you're going to make like a romance and a relationship, the centerpiece of your story, you got to make it worth being interested in. I don't know. I'm really bothered by it. If you can't tell, because I want this film to be good because it's just a lot of potential that was wasted, but the trailer's good. Go watch trailer three. That's, that's great. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, on to binge points after the live up after a long ranting live up on to binge points. So these are Easter eggs, details, just fun things we notice about the film that are kind of unconsequential, but just fun to talk about. Um, and the first thing I want to say is, is I was really worried. Um, I think it was with trailer number two. I don't remember the number. One of the trailers I watched, I was like, and then I realized that this film came out in 2017. I, I thought it was like 2010. I thought it was way sooner than this. Anyway, I was like, oh no, like this is going to try to be a Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to try to do the same thing with like the, the oldies music, the space opera, like bright color palette. Like they're just going to try and do something to copy Guardians of the Galaxy. And the movie kind of starts and it's got that old song that I'm, the, I'm blanking on the name. And I was like, no, like don't do it. Like do your own thing. Um, but then it does well. Like I like that intro. It was moving at light speed. Holy moly. There was so much stuff just jam-packed in there. Like just a montage of people introducing the aliens. Like I'm so intrigued by the lore. Um, but it was fun. Like I, I, I felt like a story this packed full of so much lore. Uh, the intro was, was quite good. Uh, as much as it started, I was a little bit worried. It handled it to a point where I, was, I, was, I enjoyed it and I satisfied it. Yeah, um, you know, an interesting thing about this movie is it's actually the most like expensive film 
like European film ever made. Um, Are you serious? I find that, yeah, I find that like really fascinating. I'm always interested in that stuff and what movies need to, you know, to make to do budget. Um, but yeah, it's not only the most expensive European film ever made. Um, it was 180 million dollars to do this movie. Um, but it's also the most expensive independent film ever made because, um, the director and producer of the movie actually did this basically like on his own he independently well i mean he crowdsourced it um and personally funded the film wow like obviously you can tell this is something that this guy really really wanted to do um and there's certain parts like we've talked about where you can really see that like he has a real Mm -hmm. love for this material um it's just not executed correctly. So I always find that stuff fascinating about what a movie costs to make or some of the little backgrounds as to how this yeah. movie got funding. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting that it was that expensive. And, you know, there's there's that much behind the fact that it's one of the most expensive movies made in those those departments. That's crazy. I, I did remember looking that up. Um, I have my notes here that in the U.S., it made $184 million. So like just barely scraping back its budget. That's not even with marketing. And then $225 million worldwide. So obviously not great. That's an expensive movie. $180 million for this movie. I mean, the visual effects and the practical effects, maybe that's where all that money meant because money went. Because it, it's really like top-notch. Like I kept waiting for the visuals to far, fall apart. Um, and there was never a point where I felt like the visuals did. Um, maybe it's because right. I was so bothered by the, the the romance that was failing. But um, in the little bit of the extras and bonus features I did get to watch, I could tell that the, the director, Luke, personally cares about the story. I think like his his father uh, re- like introduced him to the comic book or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, that's I didn't know it, that it was an independent film. That's that's interesting. That makes me want to respect it more because of like the level of work that people put into it. But <laughs> It's just hard too, right? Um, let's let's see any other things, any other binge points I have here. Um, oh, I th- I thought it was kind of interesting and also actually like a little bit fun how when they finally meet the pearls hanging out in like that space hangar and they're talking to what is he the general who's uh, played by Clive Owen? Oh, he's a commander. Um, how like kind of switches genres and becomes like a mystery where they got to like reveal how he did it type of thing, almost like a whodunit. And it's like showing you all the flashbacks. It was kind of right. weird. Like it's like, whoa, that was random. But it was it was also kind of fun. Um, I already mentioned that great space battle above the planet that looked so great and it was a lot of fun. And I love how long they let it last. It was maybe like a minute, which isn't super long in retrospect of the film, but for like what feels like kind of like a quick cutscene flashback, it was extended out. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, it actually made me want to watch Ender's Game. If you've never seen that, you can ignore that comment. But I, <laughs> <laughs> it made me want to watch Ender's Game again because I love the visuals and space battles in that film. Uh, but yeah, kind of interesting. I don't really have any other binge points. Um, let me just read through what I wrote down here. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the, the, the practical and visual effects I'm just very, very much impressed with. I wish I could have seen this film in 3D to appreciate it more. Um, they did a lot of motion capture. They did a lot of blue screen. But there's also a lot of like practical things, which is really interesting because 
like you take apart the dynamics or not the dynamics, the components of the film one at a time. And it should add up to be great, great, loved and adored space opera. It just isn't. And I keep saying that over and over again because I want to like it so badly and I can. So I should probably get a new thing to talk about besides that. <laughs> uh, I don't have any other binge points. Do you, Matt? Um, well, one of them for me, it's actually t- like it is a really cool scene in this movie is when they're trying to um, facilitate the trade of um, I-, I think it's one of the the Pearl and there's like the 3D like the 3d visual like headset that he puts on to be inside the room but he's not actually there Um, oh yeah that seems real like that seems really cool to me and that's what's again we keep coming back to it but that's what's so aggravating about this movie is there's really cool parts but then it's again it, it comes down to to me, the actors that are in this movie, because there are certain things that are just like, oh, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's frustrating because there's so many small parts here um, that get overshadowed by, to me, what is some pretty bad acting. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was. I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to say. I, I just agree with you on, on that point. Um, if you don't have any other bench points, we can move on to lease and likes um which is our least favorite scene our favorite scene i actually do have a favorite that i i feel pretty passionate about that i haven't mentioned yet but as far as my least favorite goes it's definitely going to be either the scene where where loreline comes and saves valerian and doesn't even say thank you or the um the the beginning where they're where he's on the beach and they're like wrestling and flirting but he's just an idiot. Like it just, it just really started off the relationship on the wrong foot in my mind. It was, it was just, I didn't like it. it kind of ruined like the whole film for me. Uh, that's my least favorite. What about you, Matt? Um, I, I do want to point out before I get to my least favorite scene, uh, one Easter egg too is actually in the poster and they're behind in the top right hand corner is the name Corbin's which actually is a nod to the fifth element, the same, um, one of the movies that this director did. And it's actually Bruce Willis's character oh, in yeah. the fifth element. So there were a lot of fan theories that potentially these movies take place in the same universe. Um, so that's just like a cool little Easter egg to tie back to some of his other that's movies. Sweet. Um, so I've not seen the fifth element. I want to, uh, it's on my watch list. Uh, so if it's that good, if you recommend it, it's just moved up in priority on my watch list. Yeah, I, I would definitely check it out. Um, but much like you, yeah, my least favorite scene is it, it has to be that opening scene because it sets the tone. It, it sets the tone for the movie. And unfortunately, it never it never gets to a point where there's enough going on that you can forget about that. Um, there's just too many gaps and there's too many, there's too many spots where there's a great scene and then it's brought down by really bad dialogue or really bad acting. And it's just a constant reminder to me of how the movie opened. So when your movie opens on a really bad scene, 
like you can recover from that if the rest of the movie is good, but it never like it cannot just get out of it doesn't get out of the block well and then it just stumbles to the you know it stumbles to the ending and it's just a constant reminder to that opening scene that is it's just really bad um oh yeah that, that, i agree with that you. it has to be my least favorite scene because it just it doesn't do enough to recover from that and make you forget about how terrible it really is yeah very well said i agree with you there because i think right before this scene that we're talking about there's the opening with the princess Pearl, whatever her name is on that planet uh, when she dies. And like the movie starts with that. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is this world? Like, and I was immediately intrigued and invested. And I was like, wow, this looks so good. The the color palette is, is like tasty. Almost the visual effects are incredible. Like this is going to be a great space opera. And then it jumps to that stupid scene. And it like really just like put a brakes on my enjoyment of this and then like you said that that was really well said there's moments where i forget about how horrendous that was because i'm having such a good time and then it gets back to a moment where something else stupid happens like that scene where valerian doesn't say thank you and i'm reminded of that intro that i hated so much and it makes me bothered by their relationship even more um to kind of just talk about that a little bit more and why i don't think it works so good literally just yesterday i watched the movie Howl's moving castle now this episode I forgot to tell you, Matt, is it going to be released closer to Thanksgiving? So for people listening, that time period is a little messed up. But for my brain, I just barely watched Howl's Moving Castle yesterday, which is as as far as like romance goes and, and kind of elements of why people fell, fall in love is a little bit similar. They're two different people that are that are very, very different. Um, but the time they spend together, and I'm talking about Howl's Moving Castle with Sophie and Howl, they spend time together. They get to know one another, and it's not like romantic sexual time together. They're just living in a house together, being around one another and having to care for none, one another in that space they live in, and that creates a connection that is really quite great, and I'm real, I really love. Similar thing over here. These characters aren't necessarily like super sexually or physically involved, but they're probably spend most of their time on the invader or whatever their spaceship's called. Like they're, they're in a space, like literally space in a spaceship Mm -hmm. together. Like they're spending a lot of time together and you can kind of apply the same principle that that, that time together is what can create a connection is what can create a desire for one another in the amount of time that you spend together. But with how stupid Valerian is, it would make me, if I was Loreline, I, the amount of time I spend with that stupidity would just drive me nuts. Like it would just push me farther away. Um, so I just thought like, if you're going to rely on that, that, partnership that they have you've got to make the partnership interesting i don't know i'm i'm repeating the same thing i've been saying this whole episode over and over again but i just agree with you that like those moments i can forget about the horrible relationship and then something stupid happens and it comes right back and to mention what you said earlier like valerian's transition and like moment of understanding and overcoming that stupidity is so instantaneous like he has one conversation with bubble and suddenly he's like oh i get it you know, I understand love. I don't know. I just, although I don't know, looking at Rihanna, I might understand love too. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I forgot to bring that up in binge points. Casting Rihanna as bubble is like all time. One of those up there is like, this is just great casting. That was, the scene was kind of a little weird. It's like, okay, we just got to like use as much Rihanna as we can. 
right. that moment, but it was so Rihanna and it was so fun. Um, and it was really well done. The, the practical and visual effects and the transition there, uh, looks great. It was, it was very much Rihanna, uh, and she was a fun character. Bubble was actually quite fun. And it made that following fight scene a lot more fun, which actually I was going to mention Ben's points. The, the, the physical combat that they have is edited and shot a lot better than a lot of other films that I've seen. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, people can tend to kind of talk about, how, oh, that's the thing bringing the film down. Where in this one, they really, I think, quite nailed it. You know, there's, there's a little bit of the movie magic happening with the cuts and the camera, but it's done relatively well, especially with the actual actors doing a lot of those stunts. Anyway, that was dragging back into bench points. But yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Looking at me, I might understand love too. Uh, that was good. Uh, anyway, on to our favorite scene. So I'll let you go first with your favorite scene. So uh, my favorite scene, and it will kind of tie into the next segment that we'll do. So I'll just, I'll talk about the favorite scene and then we'll, you know, once we're done, um, is seeing alpha get created that is to me just amazing it's super visually appealing there's great messages um involved yeah. in that with everybody coming together um and again i'll get into that a little bit later but just that visual spectacle of what that was being created is really my it's my favorite scene it doesn't have to be action but you know to me a, a lot of my favorite scenes in movies have nothing to do with like the action set piece or anything it's it's movies that can tie together a message and are just visually appealing and make you feel something whether it be about real life or whatever um that are always some of the best things to me and and that's one thing that this movie has is a, a lot of things that you can probably relate to. So that's that's my favorite scene of this movie. Um there's some really good ones um in terms of like you said action and you know watching um the planet get destroyed in the beginning, but that's for me that's my favorite scene. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with you there. It was actually quite solid. Um I had seen to so just kind of like add what to you said and also kind of my expectations. I'd seen a lot of people in reviews talk about how this movie was just like stuffed full with a lot of stuff. And they had pictures on the articles I was reading of that opening scene where all the aliens are walking in and shaking the dude's hand. Um, and so I was expecting that to be one of those moments of too much stuff. But it's actually really well done. It's It's got a great message of kind of like unity, which I think you're kind of talking about. Uh, but it's visually very well done. It's interesting. It adds to the world and the lore in a very interesting, but not like dragged down kind of way. It was just a lot of fun. And and it was very interesting. It was exciting. And um, he even brought in Luke, the director brought in, forgetting the actor's name. Let's see if IMDB can help me. But the from Blade Runner, he's the president. You know, like there was just like a lot of fun and like respect mm -hmm. for sci-fi that went into like these cameos and this opening scene, like a, like a two minute scene just to have, I'm going to find his name. Uh, wow. This, oh my gosh. This IMDB list is long. There's a lot of people here. Okay. I don't know. I'm not going to find it. I forget his name, but he's from Blade Runner and he's the president. And I thought that was fun. 
anyway, on to my favorite scene. It's actually the scene on that you mentioned earlier where Valerian is getting the I forget what it's called, the little animal that can duplicate things. Right. Uh, yes. The uh, generator, I think it's called. And kind of like that virtual reality world and and how they're helping him from the outside, how Laura Line and those other people are, and how that guy's like controlling the dude with his little visor and the bus that flies around. Like it was just a lot of fun. It was a it was a great introduction introduction to like the 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 space opera world. And I was enjoying it. Um and for a moment kind of forgot about how horrible the scene right before that was. Uh but then it came back very quickly. But mm-hmm. I, and, and then, like that monster comes out, and it looks great. It was just a fun scene. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, that would be my favorite, just because I had a lot of fun with that. So yeah, that scene's man. That scene is really good, and it's it, it's just a shame because there's almost nothing. There's almost nothing as fun as that scene because it's so well done. They go through different dimensions, like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a shame because there's nothing to me that comes close to that again um, yeah. later in the movie. And it's such, it's it's just visually breathtaking, that yeah. scene. And I agree with you, it's a lot of fun, kind of how it handles the dynamics of switching between like what he's seen in the virtual reality and him like running around a desert. And then like, there's a scene where he like falls through five floors and each one of them has a different color palette. Like mm-hmm. props to everyone involved there. That that's just great. And I agree with you. Like that to me, it, the movie starts great with the intro that we've been talking about with alpha coming together and the intro of the pearls. And then it goes to that horrible scene that we keep talking about. And then it jumps back up to this really fun high point, And then it kind of just like slowly and sometimes quickly goes downhill from there um Mm -hmm. which is a bummer because it had a lot of potential that was just sadly wasted so if you got nothing else to say let's move on to the last segment fall in which we've kind of just been hinting at with your favorite scene where messages themes meanings or or principles we can pull out from the film uh that are worth talking about and like truly worth talking about really valuable um seems like you had actually a lot to say so i'll let you take the floor matt yeah, I mean, let's face it. Uh, 2020 has been um, strange to say the least. And, you know, could there be anything more relatable right now in this day and age? We just had an election. Um, and if you pay attention to any amount of media, um, you know how that's good, you know, well, you know how that went and you know how some people feel about it and how other people feel about it. Um, you know, one of the headlines after that was America is still a nation divided. And is there anything more relatable in, in this movie than what we're going through now? Then, I mean, this movie is called the city of a thousand planets, meaning a thousand different planets because of, you know, whatever has happened have come together. Is there anything more relatable than what we're dealing with right now than, you know, just different species, different races being together for a common good because, you know, one needs the other to survive. They can't do it alone. They all have to be together. Um, you know, that was one of the things that I really, because I rewatched this movie again to to brush up for the review. 
Um, but yeah, you know, it hits a little bit different now when you're watching this movie from when I first watched it, when it came out, um, to some of the things that we're going through now. And I, I think that's just, it's such a super relatable theme that everybody's going through right now. Yeah. I, I really agree with you there, which is really interesting. And I loved how the conflict of the story isn't those different beings, those different races and, and aliens and species having a conflict. I mean, kind of, um, which I'll get into more in a minute, but, but they come together and they shake hands and they live together and they shall share knowledge and information and, and resources and that's not the problem. The problem isn't two races not getting together or two species being able to share the wealth of what they have. You know, it, it, it's so um, refreshing to not have that be the conflict of a story. You know what I mean? I, I just really, I was surprised by that. I was expecting at one point in that montage that one of those aliens was going to pull out a laser gun and fry the dude. Like, but no, they all just shook his hand. Even though one of them was super slimy, I agree with you. It's it's a great. I I just love like the the message of unity that was there. And I haven't. I've been afraid to talk about the election on the podcast uh, because I don't want anything that I create or share into the universe to be creating division among people. Right. And whatever you feel about the election, whoever your candidate is or isn't whatever you believe the truth is or is not happening, whether you believe there's tons of fraud or that it's totally fair or anywhere in between, there is nothing that is healthy or helpful about the level of divisiveness that's happened. And it's sad. It's, it's happening everywhere you look. People are getting polarized and unable to agree because we don't know what's truth. We don't know what to trust. And each kind of party is just kind of building up this this um, energy of of competitiveness, and it, it's just really sad. Whatever happens, whatever the truth is, however it ends up, the most harmful thing is going to be the divisiveness and the inability to accept the results and to move on as a unified country. That's going to be the biggest problem. Not which candidate is elected. It's just the people's, I think, huge problem we're going to have accepting the results of whatever they are. If, if the results stay how they are right now, you know, people are going to be divided. People are going to be unhappy. If somehow there's fraud out there and the results flip, people are going to be unhappy. People are going to be divided. It's just, it's really sad that that's the point that this has gone to. Um, and that's what we're left with. And there's going to, it's going to be difficult to recover from that competitive almost, hatred almost. And I, I wish that we could just kind of come together for the greater good and just be together, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, let's face it. There's when you stop for like two seconds and think about what more of us have in common than we have different, like everybody's probably had that relationship that they thought broke their heart you know, everybody, just whatever the case may be, like everybody at some point has probably had the same feeling as somebody else. You've lost a loved one, whatever, now, yeah. you know, whatever is going on. Like, like you and I, 
okay, we live in different time zones for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, we don't live close to each other. We've, we've never actually met, but we have, you know, become friends over a simple thing like movies where I'll text you and see how you're doing. You'll text me, see how, you know, see how I'm doing. I sent you pictures of my new house because I have, you know, for people listening, like a baby Yoda figure and like yeah. X-Men figurines, like in my kitchen. Um, I was like, Oh, had to get the important stuff in the new house yeah, first. Like as a awesome. joke. Um, but we had like, we had no reason to know each other. And I yeah. just happened to stumble upon, you know, your show and, you know, you stumbled upon mine and boom, it's, you know, it's as simple as that to understand that we have so much more in common than we have different. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a shame. Really it is, but you know, there's, you know, always more there, you know, I'd like to think there's always more good out there. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I've been, as I try to connect with more people, because there was a big a, a part of me that really kind of like just retreated back when the election came. I de- I deleted like completely deleted my Twitter account even for the podcast, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I haven't missed it to be honest because I was just so sick of like the the divisiveness and how people were worried about our differences more than they were worried about what brought us together. You know, like you and not you said you and I we've never met in person. Um, we have different family dynamics. We have I. I I don't know how you voted. You don't know how I voted not to bring it back to the election, but like, that's the last thing that I'm worried about. Like, I just enjoy a friendship that I have with you that started over a podcast and a mutual enjoyment for voting or voting. Wow. I'm stuck on that. A mutual <laughs> enjoyment for movies. Uh, and you know, even before we started recording the podcast, we got on a call together and you asked how my wife was doing. Cause a few weeks ago I mentioned that we had to go to the doctor. Like, and I was really impressed and I should have expressed this more at the time. I was just impressed that like some dude named Matt that I've only ever seen through a video call and I talked to him about movies. He cares about what's happening in my life and I care about what's happening in yours. And like, I don't know. It was just like really refreshing to experience that. So thank you for being one of those good human beings out there, Matt, because it was, I was, it it really kind of caught me off guard. I didn't even know how to respond to that question because and, and I thought it, I didn't say much because I thought it was fitting for fall in. And I kind of wanted to save my reaction to that. Um, because these, these aliens to bring it back to the movie that are coming together, that are unifying, I'm sure that their, their social agenda is probably very different because the experiences that they had out in the universe were different, but they were able to come together as mutual beings existing, all trying to progress our well-being and our happiness. And I think the well-being and happiness of one another, and they're just able to like work together and put whatever differences that they have aside, because like you said so well, there's more that connects us than divides us. And I, I think I was... I think just because of the mindset of what's ever been going on, I, I feel like I'm just repeating everything you say, but... When the mindset that I've had of like divisiveness and, and contention, I was really expecting the problem to start between one of the alien species and the, the human race, and that that was going to be the conflict of the whole movie. And it wasn't. And to drive it even further, what the conflict was of the movie was a leader being greedy and yep. people wanting more <laughs> than what they deserve. Like, wow, is that fitting? Holy moly. That I don't know. It was refreshing to, to see how 
unified that people were, but also sad to see how real that greed and, and the corruption that it brings is, sadly, for people all over the universe, including us. Yeah, 100%. Per- 100%, 100%. So, although the romance and the acting in this movie is uh, leaves, to put it nicely, leaves quite a lot to be desired, there's some other good things in here as well. And it, it and you know, if nothing else, it allowed me to have this great conversation with you, Matt, which was honestly way more fun than watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I that, appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, I mean, this, um, you know, it's, it's going to sound funny here, but this conversation about the movie, for some reason, almost makes me want to watch the movie again. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I just have... You know, whether it's with you or doing, you know, the show on my own or I've had a couple friends on, you know, my show. Um, it, it's just so fun to sit here and talk about it. And even if it's not a great movie, it's just fun to to talk about it and think about what could have been. Because, like we said, there is God, there's just it, it's it's right there. It's It's just right there. It's that, you know. It's like this movie is you when you're dipping your your toe in the pool and it's like, ah, it's it's okay. Like if you would just jump in, it's fine. Like the water's not cold, but when you keep tapping your toe in there, the water's cold. Um, And I feel like there's certain things that this movie could have just dove into. um, And we might have gotten a better film. Uh, I, I do think some of it has to do with the casting. Um, you know, it's it's hard, even though he's not likable. To me, there's no even if he's not likable as a character, you can tell sometimes when certain actors and actresses have chemistry together and mm-hmm. the two of them have none. So to believe that yeah. they would be even like, you know, attracted to each other is super hard to believe in this movie. It's not like other movies where. You know, I'm going to bring up one really quick. I don't know if you've seen it, but like Silver Linings Playbook. There's like uh, there's so much natural chemistry between uh, Bradley Cooper and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, That movie, just like their chemistry is off the charts. Um, You know, in A Star is Born, uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. There's a lot of energy and like connection there that you can tell. so, you know, that's one of the things that I think hurts this movie more is maybe different casting could have overcome some of these other, um, you know, short sites in, in the movie if they had two actors that paired better on screen, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, which is a bummer. The other thing that I was really intrigued, um, just kind of from the posters that I had seen and what I thought about the movie, that, that Valerian was the male. I was. I thought that 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 Kara, the the actor, that she was a Valerian until, of course, they said their names, and I realized I was wrong. Um, but I think that the story, I mean, her acting wasn't phenomenal by any means, but I definitely enjoyed her more than Dane, uh, and maybe it's just because she was the better option. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but I I would love to see a story either with an, a different actor that had more chemistry with her or even just her, like those moments when she was alone, I quite enjoyed. Or even the moments when he was alone, when he was with bubble was fine. But like the two of them together, I mean, maybe that was just mainly Rihanna, but 
the two of them together really just grinds my gears. I agree with you there. Yeah. But, you know, you said something really interesting that I wanted to comment on how this conversation has also made me enjoy this film even more. A project that I've been working on for one of the next episodes coming out. Actually, it's an episode before this that's coming out because uploading is a confusing schedule. But anyway, it's ranking all of my Blu-rays. To celebrate reaching 50 episodes, I'm going through all of my Blu-rays and ranking them. It is actually very difficult. Um, You know, all all my Blu-rays and digital movies that I own, which is a total of... Here, let me pull up the list here and tell you how many. A total of... Oh my gosh, I scrolled way too far. A total of 149. So just barely below 150. Uh, it's hard, uh, but that's not how what I had to say. Anyway, one of the movies that happens to be a part of it is Tomb Raider, the one from 2017 with uh, Valise, Alicia Vikander. Uh, not an excellent movie, not phenomenal in any way, but I watched it with my wife, and my wife loved it so much. And so then I loved it more, and it actually is surprisingly high on the list because of the enjoyment I had with someone else enjoying the movie, where on my own, if I watched it, it would be at the very bottom. So I think, you know, because even though this is being uploaded later, because the schedule is weird, I hadn't. I wanted to watch this movie before ranking them to see where it would end. It. And I think if you wouldn't have been a part of the episode, if it would have just been me recording, this would have ended up much lower on the list. And there's there's an enjoyment that I've gotten out of this conversation that just in my mind makes me have a greater appreciation for the film because of the the experience associated with it. Which is interesting. I don't know what had to do with anything besides you just making a comment and I want to talk about it. So I don't know. I the last few episodes of the podcast I realized towards the end I just like start to ramble. Like <laughs> I don't have a format anymore and I just like get off into the weeds. So there we go. Fulfilling the tradition again. <laughs> there you can see. But sometimes you get the best, you know, sometimes just that random back and forth leads to to more thoughts. Um uh, about how you felt about it or maybe you bring up one last topic and then you're just like oh geez you know i didn't even realize i felt that way about that but yeah yeah uh i'll be super interested to hear that and where your movies rank um in terms of your blu-rays and stuff like that that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to listen to i i really look forward to that well thank you it's i've been working on the ranking for like weeks now it's so hard uh it's a difficult project (laughs) yeah i i can't imagine doing i can't imagine going and looking at mine right like if i started to look at mine right now and just say okay where is it because there's so many factors like you said that go into those kind of things Uh you know where did i where did i see the movie did i see it by myself did i see it with a friend did i you know see it with a significant other did i see it with a crowd you know how do you rank something like to me, Endgame that I saw in a packed theater with diehard fans. Um, that yeah, right. that's super interesting. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, it's, the other thing that's really kind of bothering me is that I look at the list and I'll see a film. Uh, not that this is the case. Just as an example, I'm just pulling it out of my brain. You know, for example, I might this this is not the case on the list, but just as an example, like I'll see a film Tomb Raider that isn't the great film objectively, but through my subjective experience is one that I have a really positive feeling about. And I'll see that it's higher than, I don't know, say, I don't know, like inception or something. Not that that's the case, but, and I'm like, what? how can that be? But right. then I don't have like, <laughs> like I can't move it. 
you know, because objectively, I see that one film is highly significant, more uh, better. Wow, more better. I'm so good with words. One of them is significantly stronger than the other, but my subjective experience with it doesn't like, I'm like, ah, like it shouldn't be that way, but it is. And it's, it's very, very interesting. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, if you don't mind weighing in on kind of the, the idea and subject of objective versus subject, subjective film reviewing and kind of what your take is on it. Cause I've been trying to, maybe you can help me sort out my list that I've been ranking. Yeah, no, I mean, that is, I think you have to rank them in terms of, you know, what would be interesting is, you know, for any listeners um, of, of your show, you did the MCU review and right. you did two versions of it. And mm-hmm. there were some pretty significant changes to some of your rankings um, based on the first overall review and the second overall review. And I yeah. think that would be interesting if you did two lists of, okay, where do I rank this as a movie on my list? And how am I ranking this based on how I saw this movie? Because um, like you said, you know, Tomb Raider would be pretty low, which again, that's kind of like this movie to me. There's some really good moving parts there. And I'd be interested in a sequel to that movie. Um, me too. But that's not this topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and where so where it would rank just okay where does it stand as a movie for me and where does it stand as a experience to me because to me that's what movies are all about um yeah. what was the experience um when you saw that movie and that's one of the reasons why it's you know to me whatever's going to happen with covid and theaters and good lord if they you know if some theater chains can continue to survive and whatnot um it's it's kind of like it's sad almost to me to think of yeah. like okay so like Wonder Woman they're just talking about you know still bringing it to the theater but then it's going to release on HBO Max a month later is the current mm-hmm. plan um so do you even go to the movies but then missing out of being around and we talked about it in the fallen portion of this episode like-minded people who are just excited to go see that movie. So it's it's interesting. I think maybe if you had time, I would, I'd be interested to see a a side-by-side list of. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Cause I was thinking about, you know, just kind of a little look behind the curtain into what I'm doing with the ranking. I wanted to be able to do two lists again, how I did with MCU and to compare them. But I was like, there is no, because what we, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to those episodes, what we did with MCU is we ranked them when there was other hosts here, we ranked them, watched all 23 films and then re-ranked them and compared the before and after with the ranking of all my Blu-rays. I wanted to do two lists similar to the MCU and to kind of compare them to and how how they compare. But I thought there's no way that I can do before and after that would take years to watch all of the films (laughs) and do before and after. I totally forget what happened two years ago, you know, like there's just no way. Um, So I've been like trying to think like, well, maybe I can just rewatch some of them. And, but I like your idea. I think what I'm going to do is going to take a little while, but I think it'll be worth it to do one. That's like an objective you know, just as a, as a film, as a, as a quality objective film, how does this rank versus my experience subjective to my 
you know, my life and my experiences and how those two would compare. I think you just kind of gave me the idea I needed. That's that's going to be really interesting to compare because and and also to note on what you said about movie theaters. I really hope they don't die. Like I love going to the theater and it's a difficult thing to express because I love the big screen, I love the big sound, but there there's a um what's the word I'm searching for? A a Hold on, let me ask my wife. She knows the word. Okay, so I had to ask my wife um, what I was searching for. So going to a theater, well, actually, let me explain why I had to ask my wife. She's a dance major. She's graduated. And one of her professors talked about, um, I think it's called the liminal state, if I remember why, which is like this state in your mind where you experience like joy and happiness um, and excitement. And there's two things that, that are part of that. There's doing an activity for my wife. It happened to be dance for me. It could be enjoying a film or creating a podcast, you know, like a creative, passionate outlet, like a hobby. But the other half of that is community and how community brings connection in the role of dance. It's going to a dance class and being around other like-minded dancers. For me, that community is being in a movie theater, being around other like-minded viewers or like right now being on a podcast and talking with someone who enjoys things similar to me. And because my wife is great, she is as much as she supports me. She doesn't love movies to the same extent I do. She indulges me and lets me take her to movies, but like going to see tenant in theaters, I was losing my mind. I was so excited. My (laughs) wife, she was just there because I was, and she was kind enough to go. Um, But that experience of being around other people who were as excited to me is something that I really miss because although there's some theaters here in Utah that are open, you go in, there's maybe like 10 people, you know? Yeah. It's good to be there and to experience the big picture and the big sound, but that community that I loved, you know, when I saw Infinity War and Endgame and the theater was packed and people are screaming and cheering, it's like, it made me more excited. I I don't want that experience to end because I love it so much. You know, I, yeah, like seeing Infinity War and and Endgame in the theater, um, you know, I, I was in theaters, like you said, packed, screaming, yelling, uh, tears inside the movie theater yes. and then when the movies the movies let out you know it, it's total strangers you walk outside like i was wearing a, a freaking marvel shirt like people are wearing Mar- you know people are wearing like thor shirts or hulk shirts or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. um and you, people strangers are outside high five and like oh my god that was awesome like i can't believe mm-hmm. it it was so good like what about this um and then i went and saw new mutants there was nobody in the theater. Um, <laughs> like nobody was there. Um, I went and saw Tenant. There were three people in the theater. Um, and yeah, and even though like I went by myself to go see Tenant, it's a weird feeling going like, I don't know, because I've struck up conversations with people outside of movies mm-hmm. because we were in the same theater. And it's really weird now going somewhere and not even like almost having like the attempt at the same experience. Yeah. It's weird. I hope that movie theaters can figure out a way to navigate COVID. And of course we all need to stay safe, but it it's, I miss it so much. I, I went to tenant and there was, there, it was opening night. So there was a decent amount of people, uh, but still like besides my family and friends sitting right next to me, everyone else was like multiple rows or seats away. There wasn't that like packed mm-hmm. experience where you're all in there too close and you're all just having the time of your life you know and then you walk out and everybody puts their mask on and you you don't talk to anyone 
Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get away from you know, like, <laughs> yes, and safety is important. You don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should just ignore all safety precautions. It's just interesting how different it makes that experience and how I hope that, that sometime on the horizon we can get around it and bring it back because I really miss it. Yeah. You know? So I think that you, uh, you kind of made me understand something else. There's been a lot of, so Cinemark is a big theater chain here around me and I've been wanting to go. They're showing what they call compact classics, which is like five bucks mm. to go see an older movie. Like I went and saw Empire Strikes Back for oh. the 30th anniversary or 40th anniversary. One of the two. One of the, I think it's 40th with my dad and my yep. brother and my sister. That was a ton of fun. Um, but I've, there's other films that I want to go see and I'm like, well, why don't I have the motivation to go besides like time and money and safety? But it's like that, that experience isn't the same. Like I can just watch the movie at home. You know, I don't need to spend five bucks to be alone. (laughs) I can do that at home. (laughs) So it's interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's certainly interesting. Yeah. I appreciate you though, being here being the good friend that you are and uh, uplifting me in that way, like I said, a little bit and fall in, but also in this rant we had, just like allowing me to enjoy that community that is so hard to find these days. Um, You know, online forums and and discords and things like that definitely have it, but at the same time, you know, we were having some trouble connecting with our Skype call. Now we were claiming about the virtual environment. Like there's just virtual connection is kind of what we're going to have to get used to for a while, I think, but it's good in some way to have that community with at least one person and just enjoy and maybe even complain about a film we watched and why we're complaining or enjoying it. So I really appreciate you being here, Matt. It's been a ton of fun. So that's the end of the episode. Before we sign off, Matt, go ahead, let them know whatever you want about your podcast, what episodes are coming up or where they can find you, whatever you feel so obliged to say, take the time is yours. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Again, thank you very, very much for having me. Um, so with Matt Goes to the Movies, um, I do have uh, actually recordings that you know I have been working on to edit and upload. It's taken me a little bit longer than what I normally would have done because even though I moved about a month ago now, just moving into a new house and getting things and work and um you know, just everything that goes along with, with everyday life. Um, you think you're going to be able to sit down and maybe do, do a couple things and something else comes up. So, um, I feel you. <laughs> you know, for my show, I do have a double recording, um, which will actually be posted, um, Sunday night for Monday morning, um, of episode two and three of the Mandalorian. I'll have that up and ready to go. And then I'm working on putting out episodes for X-Men Days of Future Past, Batman Begins, the 2017 uh, Power Rangers movie, and then um, Event Horizon, um, which is a horror movie. So I doubt it's one you've seen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So uh, I will be getting the uploads and everything ready for those and and bringing those out. So... uh, I know we actually kind of talked about it and I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on my Batman Begins review because we've had some conversations about that trilogy um, before. Yeah. So I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on my thoughts about Batman. I'm, I'm really, I've been waiting for that episode, honestly. I had no idea it was on your schedule or that it was coming. But way back when we recorded Bumblebee, I believe it was, we talked a little bit about that. And I remember you mentioning how you really loved Batman Begins and I think I even asked you if you preferred it over the, or not preferred it, but if you thought it was better than the Dark Knight. 
I think you said yes, if my memory isn't failing me. So I, ever since then, I've been like, when is he going to release his Batman Begins episode? <laughs> I've just been waiting. So that excites me to know that it's coming. You know, take your time. You know, I understand life is happening, but I'm excited about that. I'm also excited to hear what you have to say about Power Rangers. That is another film. Speaking of Rankin Blu-rays, that is another one that is way higher up than I ever thought it would be. I, I don't know why. I have a deep love but also hate for that movie. I, I love it and I'm bothered by it at the same time. Similar to this, actually. Um, so I'm curious to see what you have to say about those. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to those episodes. Yeah, Power Rangers was super, super fun for me to record because I was like, I was just a kid. Like literally for me, I was a kid when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out and took the world by absolute storm for anybody that listens to these episodes that knows how crazy Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the first, uh, you know, the first group was. Um, So I've had a long, long love of Power Rangers. And yeah, that episode was a ton of fun to uh, to record. So I'm looking forward to putting that up there. Yeah, well, there you go, Basin Binge listeners. Matt goes to the movies. You can wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, super exciting things coming, actually. Batman Begins, Power Rangers, that horror movie, that Event Horizon, <laughs> that I probably will ever never go anywhere near. But I'm glad that you will because I know I'm sure people love it. Um, but yeah, I I really appreciate being here, Matt. It's been a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to those episodes. Um, I'm loving your Mandalorian episodes as well. I uh, I was. I didn't know what happened to your episode two. Sadly, it was technical difficulties like we were having a day. But yeah. I've been looking forward to that. Like I I was I missed it when it didn't happen. I was like, what? Where's Matt's episode on the Mandalorian? <laughs> like I want to hear it. So I'm glad that it's coming. Um anyway, I'm gonna keep randomly on rambling on if I don't stop myself like I have been for the last 30 minutes. So <laughs> unless unless you got anything else to say, Matt, I think this is a great place in it. I really appreciate you being here. Um, love to keep working with you I'm, which I'm sure we're going to and I'm excited for your episodes of course if you are not a follower of Matt Goes to the Movies you should all of his links wherever you can get them social medias all of that are in the show notes again I appreciate you being here Matt uh, but once again my name is Harrison of The Basement Binge that's all for now ciao ciao